Let's go to the book of Exodus tonight, chapter 17. You have that for me? We'll pick up in verse 8. I'm excited as we continue turning our church into a house of prayer. To have a church or to call a church a church that does not pray is an absurdity. It is an impossibility. It does not exist. You can have the name church on the sign, but if there's no prayer involved, it is not a church. Call it what you want to, but it is not the biblical model that Christ has given to us to not only exist, but to thrive and tear down the kingdom of darkness. Can somebody say amen? amen. Let's read tonight. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held his hands, oh, up his hands, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Verse 12. But Moses' hands became heavy or weary. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly not blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar. That's where I want to stop tonight. At this scripture, it will be the second point in our lesson, but for time's sake, really I want to get to intercession. This is a beautiful picture of intercession. When one sister or one brother is helping another sister or another brother defeat the enemy that is coming at them. Tonight, we will talk about communion with God first, which is rest. But tonight, I want to jump to intercession if time would allow. And I want us to pray for your lost loved ones. I want to pray for your spouse that is lost. I want to teach us tonight how to pray and what intercession is all about when we are standing in the gap for somebody else. See, when we pray only for God to bless us, that's the bottom level of prayer. But there is prayer in a church where we stand in the gap and we pray for our lost loved ones and we hold them up to God brings deliverance. Can somebody say amen? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Stretch your hand this way, please. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you. Let your will be done tonight. God, speak to us. Let us prevail in you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Tonight, we talk, well, I want to talk about the three aspects of prayer. S.D. Gordon said it this way. The great people of the earth today are people who pray. I do not mean those who talk about prayer, nor those who say they believe in prayer nor those who can explain about prayer, but I mean those people who take time to pray. God has called this to be a house of prayer.
But the problem is sometimes we teach on prayer, we talk about prayer, but then we stop there. That's why in a couple of days we're gonna have a three-day prayer revival. But tonight I wanna push this deeper, but I want to simplify about praying. Because if we're not careful when I mention prayer, somebody's gonna say, well, that's intercession. Somebody's gonna say, well, that's petition. Somebody's gonna say, that's worship. Somebody will say, that's praise. Somebody else will say, that's meditation. There's so many different aspects of prayer that sometimes, Pastor Wade, it can become confusing. So tonight, what I wanna do is simplify prayer into three categories. I'm not saying that's all prayer is, but I believe if you master these three or participate in these three, you will have a powerful, victorious prayer life. We'd seem to be pulled apart, so tonight I wanna make it simplistic for you. I wanna talk first of all tonight about communion with God. Somebody say communion. Now all these three aspects are wrapped up in thanksgiving, grace, and worship, praise as we call it. Psalm 69 and 30 says it this way, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. All of prayer is wrapped up with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of praise. But let's go deeper than that tonight. Let's don't stay with that basic synopsis of prayer and let's break this down where we can understand it. First of all, it's communion. Communion is God's gift to you tonight. It is a great gift. It's an exquisite gift that God has and he's given it to you. But the problem is the church has left this gift wrapped up under the tree and we refuse to unwrap it for whatever reason. Communion is the ability, the intimacy with God that God has afforded you to come into his presence that you might have a conversation with God, be in the presence of God, and thus enjoy the benefits from God. In the simplest form, communion is spending time with God. Any relationship that is going to mature and grow and be beneficial, you must spend time with that person. As Aiden is aging, the greatest thing that I do for him and that he does for me is when we spend time together. Anthony, I have five more summers with him and really once he starts driving, I don't, even, I don't know if I really have those summers. So if you break that down, I have three more summers with my, my boy. So the best thing that I can do is spend time with him. I'll be honest with you. I don't always enjoy everything he enjoys. Sometimes I do. Last Friday night, we're coon hunting in Salem with Nick Murphy. I enjoy that. Now, he enjoyed it better than I did because I fell into a creek with water up to my kneecaps and it was 30 degrees. And he says, Daddy, ain't this fun? <laughs> yes, it is. I thought we just let the dogs run and we shoot the coon and we go home. Pray. No, no, we're in the creek. But see, it's spending time with him that's important. It's the same way with Jehovah God. Communion is about spending times. It's more than words because you can have intimacy and communion with somebody and never say anything. You remember when you were dating your spouse, sharing one cone of ice cream, not saying a word, holding it close together and just blinking like that right there? Saying so much, but not saying anything at all. It's the same way with God. Sometimes we're talking so much, we can't hear what God has to say about us. 
It's not just talking. It's definitely, definitely not liturgy. Now, it can involve liturgical worship. We practice sacraments. We, we have our candlelight service. But it's not just found in ritual. See, communion with God is much deeper than that. It's, it's unbroken as prayer is. It's unhindered, but it goes deep with God that, that love becomes the center of your prayer and not love is the key that opens the door to prayer. See, sometimes we use prayer as a key to get what we want from God. I, I've told you this before, but let me press it. I do not like for my children to give me praise and then ask me for something. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't tell me I'm the best daddy in the world. Oh, by the way, can we go to Porto? You understand what I'm saying? Just tell me, I, I want to go out to eat. Don't use me. See, prayer is more than just an aspect of that since God loved us, therefore I can talk to him and he becomes my genie in the bottle and I can go to God in prayer in need. I love to go to God in prayer in need. But how many times do we go to the throne of grace and we ask, we ask, we ask, we beg, we blame, we tell God, I tithe, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. You didn't heal my son, you didn't give me the job, you didn't do that. And God is saying this, listen, don't, don't treat me like a cheap date. Hello? Don't, don't, don't whisper in my ear just because you're trying to be intimate with, with me so you can get what you want. God is saying, stop. Let's talk for a while. Do you remember when I saved you? Do you remember the work that I did, the sufficient work of the cross, the Christology of your life? Do you remember the times that when you first got saved and you didn't get mad because you didn't get the raise and you didn't get a car and you didn't get a job and you didn't get a vote because you were just thankful that you were not putting meth in your body? Come on, somebody. See, God's saying tonight that the first step in our prayer is this communion with God. It's more than trials. Some of you say, Neil, I pray when I'm going through something. Well, that's good. I want you to do that. But the problem is this. Your prayer life is predicated on you being in a trial. So if God's going to talk to you, guess what? God's got to let you be in a... Yeah, now you're giving it. So, because your prayer life is based on, God, I pray better, I'm guilty. God, I pray more, I'm guilty. God, I pray more when my child's in trouble, my marriage is rocky, I pray more. See, your communion with God is based on God getting you out of something and not God just being good because he's God. See, I want to take this church past that. See, see, we, we, we as Pentecostals, we got this thing right when it comes to praying for people or praying in a trial. Man, we'll stay past one o'clock. We'll fast. You let us face hell. We, we come out. But can I ask you something? Why do we have to fight devils to talk to God? Come on, somebody. Why do we have to have a trial? Why do we have to have a devil to fight, a Goliath? I'm with you. My best comes out then. But what God is saying, there's a first level with him. That's not about your trials. It's not about your crisis. It's not about what you don't have. It's God saying, if I'm your God, then why can't you just have a conversation with me? Don't make it difficult. 
Well, brother, brother Neil, you, you're talking about, about just chit-chatting with God. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Make it difficult. Driving to work tomorrow. Talk to him. Some of you hunters, when you see the turkeys beside the road, God, I want to thank you just, just for your creation. And watch where it goes. God, I want to thank you for, for supplying my need. God, I lost my dad a year ago. I lost my mom, and I didn't lose my mind. So, God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that you kept me. They said I wouldn't be saved more than two years, and I, I, I'd quit. And, but, God, I'm still here, and you're doing so much in me. And see, what happens in that communion, you're not just asking, and the next thing you know, you take that next step in communion prayer, which is this. Why don't you stay a while? Hello? When I, when I first started dating Jessica, we both were saved. So we, we didn't spend the night with each other. You understand what I'm saying? So I'd, I'd go to her place. She'd go to mine. We set boundaries. Our pastor knew we did it right. You understand? But I really wanted to stay longer with her. I liked her. I, I thought she was pretty. She was godly. She smelled good. <laughs> Brother Nolan, I can't believe you said that. Oh, she smelled good. Praise God. If she didn't, I wouldn't have married her. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just... <laughs> it's the truth. And Steve, I wanted more time with her. And if you're not caref careful that we're so quick to run into God, bump into God, that we don't stay long enough to have a conversation that is worthwhile. Right? God, I thank you for saving me. I know I, I need to pray. And I'm going to talk about this later, and I, I probably won't even get the intercession tonight because I really want to walk you through this. That, that duty of prayer, that, I, I, that discipline of prayer is good, but it's not just checking the box. I prayed today, so I'm better than April because I pray she does it. That's not communion. Communion is your want to. It's where you want to have a conversation like I do with my wife. You understand? Let me tell you a funny story. Monday night of this week, I was, I was in a youth board meeting and I had to go to Tennessee. And I've got some cold or something. Your former pastor is a state youth director. He's a godly man. I love him. But if you don't know him, he's an instigator too when he's away from church. See, so y'all don't know that about him. He is. He, he needs prayer. But make a long story short, make a long story short, he, something happened where there were not enough rooms so he looked at me, he said, Neil, I, I need a favor. I said, okay, man, I'll do anything for you. You're my brother. He says, I need to sleep in your bed tonight with you. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? He says, there's not enough. I don't trust anybody else. So there's a big king bed. So I'm going to stay in your room tonight. Y yes, sir, you're the boss. <laughs> I went to bed early. I was tucked away. And let me tell you, he puts on this noise, these noisemakers. It's honking horns. It's the most ungodly thing in my life that I've ever heard. And as much as I love him and as much as I trust him, and it was nothing uncomfortable, he's my brother, and I, I, I took one for the team and all that. Can I tell you something? I'd much rather be home with Sister Nolan than Brother Hager. <laughs> That's what God's saying. I am the one you should long to be with, with communion. But we run after every other relationship. We bump into them. Situations puts us with other people, sometimes other gods of this world that we don't push away. And God's saying, I'm the one that called you. I made you, called you, redeemed you. And I just want you to get past checking the box of duty. And I want you to move to that level of prayer that you do this, not because what I can do, but just because you love me. I know I need to pray five minutes. I got to pray five minutes. No, no, not checking the box, but just because you love him. Somebody say amen. amen. What would that produce? Hebrews 4 1 
says by doing that, there is a labor of rest in God. See, when you pray in communion with God, you go from just being there to there's a rest that comes in God because God rewards those that diligently seek him. It's that place where you didn't come to me because you wanted something. I got friends in my life that I'm close with that bless us financially, bless me. But they know this. I have an open door to ask, but I don't take advantage of that. Let me tell you why. Because if every time I talk to them, I'm asking for something, that door will close. Because my relationship is based on what they give me and not because they're my friend. You listen to me? There are people that tie this church that never go here who believe in me and believe in the mission of this church. Never come here. They live in other states. Why? Because of a relationship. And if that stopped tomorrow, I still want to be their pastor and friend if they lose everything because of that relationship. However, though, since I have that relationship, they do bless us and bless me. That's what God is saying. You go from communion, conversation, talking, to saying nothing at all and blinking eyes at each other. And then God says, first, let me give you a place of rest. Come unto me, all ye that are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Oh, when's the last time you went to God in prayer and you were heavy and broken and burdened? And by the time you left that prayer room, you said, God, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know this. I came in empty, but I'm leaving full. I came in heavy, but I'm leaving with peace and joy. See, your God still wants to bless you and your God still wants to take care of you, but your God will not be bought with cheap words and hearts that are not true. Somebody say amen tonight. Real quickly. I got 20 minutes and I I want to move. Trouble and perplexity drive me to prayer. But prayer drives away my trouble and perplexity. Martin Luther's best friend. We must go past our needs. We must stay longer. We will find a place of rest. We must learn to pray without words. You You need to get this tonight. We must learn to pray until we are in union with God. See, communion with God will take us, the the number one thing outside of adultery that kills relationships is the lack of communication or failure to be on the same page financially, which is the lack of communication. Are you listening? If Jessica and I have a, uh, an argument, which we don't argue, but if we did, about money, some of you looking at me funny. Once we talk, we work it out because we communicate and find the problem. See, there's a place in God that when you're communing with him, then you come in union with him, which means you walk lock step with him because you're led by the spirit and not by your flesh. See, there's a place in that conversation where you decrease and he increases. How do I raise my child? God, I did this, I did that. I spanked them, I tried this, I did that, I did that. And then there comes a place at the end, God goes, now let me walk you. 
And when you come in contact and you start obeying me, I will lead you out of this situation. Are you, are you with me tonight? Not only do you walk in union with God, but you learn to embrace the diversity of prayer. You can talk casually. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, I, I, don't, I don't pray like this. Hey, bud. No, I don't, I don't do that. But I do talk casually. God, I'm having a bad day. The church doesn't like me right now, and I don't like me right now. That's okay. But there also there comes a time that you move past the casualness in communion with God, and it's intense. It's quoting scripture. It's walking in the spirit. It's praying in the spirit. It's praying with groanings and, uh, and uh, earnings that you can't even understand. It's praying without words. It's praying with tears. And that's okay too. Don't think every time that you talk to God, it's got to be to the loud of your voice. Sometimes it's just whispering. Sometimes it's saying nothing at all. But either way, embrace that tonight. It may be hard to pray 45 minutes on your job, but it does not mean you cannot have communion with God. That intensity is passionate as two lovers embrace it. That's the same way it is with God tonight. We must learn to embrace that. Lastly, we must learn to understand it is personal. I cannot have communion with God for you. I have done a lot of weddings. If Tony and Debbie Hester were getting married right now, I can marry them. But one thing I cannot do for them is kiss his bride. That would be a little awkward, wouldn't it? That's his job. That union and the communion from that, that's his job. My job is to say, you may now kiss your bride. You understand what I'm saying? But I can't do that for him. The benefits that will come from that kiss, wow. Honeymoon, wedding night, children, now grandchildren. Hey, do you love your grandchildren? Look at that smile. Who knew 95 years ago when they kissed at this church that all this would come to pass? You understand? All that flows out of what? Relationship. Quit telling me it's so hard to pray. Start praying. Start talking. Just start talking. It's hard to talk to my kids. Find a common denominator and start the conversation. You may not like this. Ronnie, let me give you praise about this. Ronnie and I, we're supposed to go hunting with our boys coming up. Look at Ronnie Murphy. Look how pretty he is. You see Ronnie Murphy? He's pretty. Ronnie Murphy could care less about going in the woods in Salem hunting raccoons at night. But he will go for one reason. Because his son wants to spend time with him. Quit making excuses. Start having a conversation with your God tonight and watch what your God will do for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's go ahead. Last 15 minutes. Are you enjoying this tonight? Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's, this is where I wanted to get to. Second aspect of prayer is intercession. It is the noblest prayer because most of the time, and I'm going to break this down for you. We don't understand intercession and prayer because intercession and prayer takes us out and puts somebody else in. Did you get that? Let me prove it to you. This is the aspect of prayer that when we cannot pray for ourselves, somebody will pray for us. 
Also, for you that want to do ministry, you want a job in the church, become an intercessor. Pastor, that sounds a little spooky. It's not. It is standing in a gap for somebody else. That's it. We made it so hokey that when I mention intercession, people start saying, I've got to go to the door. No, intercession is preferring your brother and praying for others as others have prayed for you. Intercession is noble. Ezekiel 22 and 30 said it this way. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. An intercessor runs to stand between, watch this, Brother Neil, I want to be an intercessor, and I want to stand in between the devil and my lost child. No, that's not real intercession. Intercession is standing between God and man. Did you get that? Intercession is pleading to God on the behalf of somebody else that they may be delivered, redeemed, and reconciled. Devil, I rebuke you. That's fine. I believe in that. Devil, I, you shall not have my child. That's fine. I believe in that. I believe in taking authority. But once you've taken authority, you've got to stand in the gap and intercede on behalf of your loved one. Don't tell me how much you love your child if you don't make intercession a part of your life. Well, the pastor will pray for me. Are you sure about that? Intercession calls for a truce in the situation. Intercession is pleading mercy. It is building a wall around the guilty party that they might have a rest when they can't fight for themselves, you are fighting for them. See, that's why churches are failing. Our prayer life, we want to see the gold dust come down. We want our prayer life to be the bottom level of prayer. God, you're great. God, you're good. Now, God, give me. I believe God wants to give you the keys to the kingdom. I believe God wants to bless us financially. There's not a sin in that. But I also understand, understand for those God grants to those he trusts. And most of us never get to this level because we are selfish in our prayer life. We are lackadaisical in our prayer life and we do not pray for the guilty. Don't come at me with this high attitude. You know why, Tracy? Tracy, excuse me, Stacy, you know why? You are a product tonight, and you would agree with this, somebody prayed for you. That's why she has a prayer life. She, I know she's an intercessor to pray for somebody else. We need intercessors in the church again. Right now, you, some of you have already left me because I mentioned this word. It is not spooky. It is you standing in the gap between two and pleading their case before Jehovah God. This is not just prayer alone. This is a spiritual act of prayer that reaps great rewards. Intercession is an act of love and an act of mercy. The scripture that we used um, in Exodus was a scripture where one man prevailed, but when he got weary, 
he began to fall. Understanding the principle that hands lifted high brought victory, two men put a rock up under him and hold his hands up and they are victorious. Churches today are not victorious because first, we are selfish. We don't want to see other people succeed and our prayers are so solo driven that we never step into intercession and we don't see the land prevail because we don't know how to hold somebody's hands up. I want my son to walk in the spirit, but I also want your daughter to walk in the spirit. I want your two daughters to walk in the spirit and your other daughter. I want your boys to have great lives and be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and find godly women to marry. I can't just want a youth group for my own son. I have to understand intercession and understand this battle of love is for others can succeed as well. Can somebody say amen? amen? Intercession is a battlefield term. It is for the place of conflict. It is where Satan wants to come and cast judgment and accuse his brethren but as an accuser as he is, but an intercessor stands in front of the sinner, in front of the group, and pleads the blood of Jesus Christ. He stands there by himself or he stands there as a team and he refuses to let that person die and go to hell. Don't tell me they can't be saved. You give me a group of people that know how to pray for somebody and we'll pray victory. We'll pray grace. We'll pray that God will make a way and that God will confront them on the road away from the cross that they will have the experience that Saul had in Acts chapter nine. Don't tell me that prayer will not prevail much. But the church has got to pray. We start with communion and then we go to intercession and we fight. We become a shield of grace. In Israel's battle with Amalek, the determining factor was the intercession of two men holding the hands up of another man. With his arms raised, they won. This is the picture of intercession. Listen to me. Too many of our marriages, too many of our churches, too many of our children are failing and they have nobody calling their name out in prayer. We cannot exist to run 400. We cannot exist to break tithe records. We cannot exist to promote your pastor. We cannot exist at this community to be a church, to pay the preacher so he can play golf. That cannot be the MO of our church. We exist to see people saved, to make disciples, to call ministers, to understand that everyone is a priest and we raise them up. Why? So they can stand in their homes and in their schools and say, Satan, you will not take another one. You will not take another family. You will not take our child. We make intercession for them that God will prevail. Come on, give God praise in this house. Would you stand with me tonight? I will pick back up next week right here and I'm going to show you that intercession is priestly and it is prophetic. Here's what I want to do tonight. I, I, I know I'm hoarse. I'm, I'm a, I've got a cold or something. <coughs> but I feel his presence in this house. I want you to get one person on your mind. One person. And for the next minute, I want you to pray for them. <laughs> don't, don't do like the righteous do. 
I say righteous loosely. That's not the right word. Don't do like the Pharisees do. That's a better word. God, I stand in your presence tonight because I'm somebody. I look better. I've got the nice robe on. And God, I'm such a blessing to this church. And God, tonight my pastor has asked me to pray for this heathen friend of mine, so I'm going to do that. Please don't do that. If you spend 45 seconds telling God how great you are, please don't pray the next 15 seconds for somebody. Please open up your heart and ears for the next 15 seconds to hear God tell you how arrogant you are. You know me by now. He already knows you. Matthew 15 said, your hands are clean, but your heart is wicked. Depart from me. You listen. For the next minute, one person, if your brother is 24 hours away from hell, 24 hours away from eternity, can for the next minute you intercede for him. Ready? Count of three. Then we'll close. One, could be your sister, your brother, your spouse, your child, your coworker. Two, whoever it is, you stand in the gap. You've built a wall around them. Your arms are protecting them and you're praying. Three, pray for them now. Pray, 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 pray aloud. Pray, pray for them. Fight, fight for them right now. Come on, church. I I'm asking you to pray for one person. Hallelujah. Intercession, intercession, ha intercession. Holy Ghost, intercession right now. Pray, 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 pray. God knows them. Fight, 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 fight. The devil's hands off of them. Fight. Fight for them right now in Jesus' name. You pray for them. They're your children. That's your spouse. That's your brother. Fight. Fight. Can't have them. Can't have them. God, I plead the blood. The same grace that saved me is the same grace that's going to save them. God, you came to me like the prodigal. God, you had, a, you had the door open. God, if you can open the door for me, you can open the door for Joe. God, I'm praying for Susie right now. God, come on, somebody. Pray. Pray. God, you sent to me as the beloved I was lost. I was in prison, God. I was a drunkard, God. But God, you saved me. If you can save me, you can save Susie, God. I pray for, for their marriage, God. I, I pray for Joe and Sarah's marriage, God, right now. God, you've given me a godly wife and a good marriage. So God, I want to pray for their marriage. I want to pray, God, right now. Right now, God, we pray. We pray. God, I want to pray for his child. My child's doing good right now, God. But there was a time... That, See, see, that's all it takes. Pray, pray the scripture over them. Pray, 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 pray. Now let me pray. While you're praying, I'm gonna pray for somebody. God, you know the young man in the church right now that I'm praying for. God, he's raised in a godly home. God, I call his name out right now inside, not to embarrass the family, but they know I'm praying. I pray for that young man right now. I make intercession. Oh, yes, 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 yes. God, we make intercession. God, his mama can't pray alone. His daddy can't pray alone. The church has got to pray with him. God, we pray right now in Jesus' name. We pray, 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 we pray. Are you praying? Are you praying? So the next time somebody mentions intercession, that's what you're doing right now. It's not crazy. It's not spooky. It is you standing in the gap.
Doesn't it feel good to hear prayers in the church again? Pastor Wade, doesn't it feel good to hear prayers in the church? Saints, pray. All right, let's do this and we'll close. Let's do this last thing. Pray for the person beside of you. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. I'm making it easy. If you're married, pray for each other. Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Chafer, pray for your wife. I want to see you praying. <laughs> I love that boy. Oh, I do. I do. Pray. Some of you spouses are looking like, I don't feel like, I don't, mm, preacher, you don't know what he did. I don't care. Pray. See, what happened in your time of prayer, you'll forget about what was wrong because it's hard to intercede for somebody the right way and be mad at them. That's why he told you to work it out before you go into prayer in the book of Ephesians. Pray, pray for them. Pray, 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 pray for them. Pray, pray. Lord, touch Dot tonight. Touch Dot. God, God touch Nikki right now, God. Oh, we pray for them. We pray, we pray, we pray. We pray for each other. We pray. Ah, church praying for each other. What can happen if this was our daily routine where God, we talk to you, then we go, we start praying for our brothers and our sisters. 70 times seven forgiven. 70 times seven times seven. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We intercede. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Somebody say amen. amen. All right. You enjoy church tonight? I can't wait to teach next Wednesday night. We will look at intercession on the priestly role. And I will show you how they made the case for somebody. And then we will look for intercession on the prophetic role and go from there. Amen? Amen. All oh, hearts and minds clear? Sunday morning, be here early. We're going to honor Russell. I know Anthony did a good job. Let me say this. If you can't do anything else, take a pen and a sheet of notebook paper. Just write something. If you can't afford a card, and I don't mean that foolishly, we'll have it provided for you. If you're like some of the men in this church, you're going to forget it even though you buy it, we will have a card for you. All parents of young people, we have a plan. We have a good plan. But now was not the time for that. As I told the deacons, until Russell and Shannon leave Sunday afternoon, it's all about them. Amen? We want to honor them. Not, we're not losing them. We're launching them. And he won't be the last one. We're going to continue to raise up more and raise up more. That is a sign of a healthy church. I love you. Shake two people's hands. Hug three people's necks. God bless you. See you Sunday morning.